Turn with, with me, if you would, to the 104th Psalm. I invite you this morning to reflect on and meditate on the creation of God. Psalm 104. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Who coverest thyself with light as with a garment. Who stretchest out out the heavens like a curtain. Who layeth the beams of his chambers in the waters. Who maketh the clouds his chariot. Who walketh upon the wings of the wind. Who maketh his angels spirits. His ministers a flaming fire. Who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. Thou coveredst it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys unto the place which thou hast founded for them. Thou hast set a bound that they may not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. He sendeth the springs into the valleys which run among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. By them shall the fowls of the heaven have their habitation, which sing among the branches. He watereth the hills from his chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of thy works. He causeth the grass to grow for the cattle, and herb for the service of man, that he may bring forth food out of the, out of the earth, and wine that maketh glad the heart of man, and oil to make his face to shine, and bread which strengtheneth man's heart. The trees of the Lord are full of sap, the cedars of Lebanon, which he had planted, where the birds make their nests. As for the stork, the fir trees are her house. The high hills are a refuge for the wild goats and the rocks for the conies. He appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knoweth his going down. Thou makest darkness, and it is night, wherein all the beasts of the forest do creep forth. The young lions roar after their prey and and seek their meat from God. The sun ariseth, they gather themselves together and lay down in their dens. Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is this great and wide sea, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships. There is that Leviathan whom thou hast made to play therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them their meat in due season. That thou givest them, they gather. Thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good. Thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. Thou takest away their breath, they die and return to their dust. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looketh on the earth, and it trembleth. He toucheth the hills, and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord a song as long as I live. <clears throat> I'll sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. Yes, my meditation of him shall be sweet. Yes, I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless thou the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Very quickly, I'm going to go through 
a couple things that stood out to me from the psalm, and then I'm going to give you a quick application as well. I originally was not intending to do this psalm, and I was reading psalms around the one that I was going to do, and this one stood out to me, and I felt compelled to go with this instead. I hope it's as much a blessing to you as it is to me. This psalm describes in detail the Lord's creation in various ways. It starts in the first couple of verses just speaking about creation in general. Uh, We actually go to the very beginnings of creation. It speaks about laying the foundations of the earth that it should not be removed forever. That covers it with with the deep as with a garment, and the water stood above the mountains. You think back to Genesis 1, the earth started with water. Now, I, I couldn't help but think ahead to verse 23. Excuse me, not, not 23. Where is it? Verse 25, speaking about the sea. And if you stood next to the sea and you looked at it and you thought, I really am insignificant. I'm tiny. I can look out into this thing and I can just see nothing but water. Imagine the earth as it first was. Water. Nothing else. And what changed that? The Lord spoke and rebuked the waves. He said, I don't want you here anymore. I want mountains. And the sea moved. That's the power of God in his creation. That's the wisdom of God. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of thy thunder they hasted away. And it speaks to the fact that they, they got off the mountains They went down the valleys, and they went to the place that God said, this is where you're supposed to be. This is the place I have founded for you. Thou hast set a bound that they might not pass over, that they turn not again to cover the earth. God said, this is your place to the sea. That great thing that could swallow us up easily, that we could get lost in so simply. He said, this is your place, you stay. And they do. That's the power of God's creation. And then the next several verses, it actually goes down. It started already with this, but it actually goes on and describes the natural system of water in this world. It speaks of the sea. It speaks of the springs. It speaks of the mountains flowing from them. It speaks of the rivers flowing from the mountains. It speaks of the dew and the rain coming from God's chambers to feed everything. Think about that process that God is describing right here. I made this so that it continues things. I made the process whereby everything lives and continues to live, just the water alone. You reach down to, um, you go down to verse 14, and he's talking about he causes the grass to grow for the cattle, the herb for the service of man. He continues on speaking about how God, in his wisdom, as it says in here, in his wisdom, God created everything for a purpose. He made the grass for the cattle. He made the things that grow for us. He made the trees for the birds to live in. He created different trees for different kinds of birds. He appointed the moon for seasons, and the sun knoweth her going down. And he even points out how he created opposites for different creatures. He speaks about the creatures when when the night comes out, they're the creatures of the forest, and they come out and they do things in the night. But then the sun comes up, and they go to bed, and man gets up and works. Think about the complicated nature of God's creation. There are creatures that live in the night. That's what they do. And then the sun sets, and there are creatures that live during the day, and that's what they do. He created all that in his wisdom. O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Now, you may ask, why, why is this psalm here? I mean, we know this. 
we, we've read Genesis. We understand God created these things. There's lots of places. I mean, if you look in the Psalms, how many times do psalmists feel the need to tell us about God's creation? And why am I taking the time here to speak about this? I mean, it's stuff we all know. Well, the reasoning for that, I would take you to verse 31. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. Right here, we have the glory of the Lord being stated by a man. A man wanted God's glory to endure forever, and now it's here in written form right now for us. How many thousands of years ago was this written? And it endures still, giving glory to the Lord. Next, the Lord shall rejoice in his works. God takes pleasure in what he did. God created magnificently. Should he not take pleasure in that work? But the thing I want you to think most about is verse 34. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. I can tell you I want to do this psalm because just reading it, the meditation of it was sweet. And I was glad in the Lord. Now let me ask. First of all, do you meditate on the Lord? Is it something that comes into your mind or do you have to be reminded? Does it have to wait until you reach here? Is that when you meditate on the Lord? Or is it something that you make a habit? Is it something that you make a part of your life, an important part? And then let me ask, is your meditation on God sweet? How can you look at something like this? How can you see the wisdom, the power, the majesty of God in something so simple in some ways as we could view it and foundational, easy to understand as creation? Can you take pleasure in that? Do you take pleasure in that? Is it sweet to you? Brethren, are we glad in the Lord? Do you you just let something like this, do you let it get to you? Or are you too distracted? Do you read through the chapter because it's there and you want to make sure you meet your quota? Or do you look at it and does it give you joy and gladness in your heart? This passage is not difficult. It doesn't require much explanation. But are we doing something with it? Now, brethren, the psalmist, he had, he had something marvelous in the creation of God. He spoke about the wonders of God in his creation. But honestly, how sweet is that in comparison to what we have? This psalmist knew so little. He knew the creation of God. He knew about God's goodness to all of creation. But did he know anything about Christ? Did he know anything about, about what we have in the glories of the New Testament? Brethren, I couldn't help, as, as I read through this, the, the verse that caught my eye first is verse 4. So I just want to apply it to us even more now. If, if you can take joy in this, if the psalmist could take joy in this, how much more should we be able to take joy in God? How much more should our meditation be sweet? Verse 4, who maketh his angels spirits, his ministers a flaming fire. Can anyone tell me where else that verse appears, where that verse is quoted? Hebrews 1. And it's immediately followed by, okay, God made his angels great, but which angel is anything like Christ. There is nothing like Christ. Brethren, 
We have so much in God's word. We have so much to take joy in. Our meditation should be sweet. We should be joyful in the Lord. Brethren, do we take the time? Do we take the effort to have that joy, to have that peace, to have that meditation? Brethren, I was blessed by the Lord just in looking through the Psalms and finding this. I was blessed greatly. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. But brethren, I ask, can we, can we be blessed more? Can we meditate more? Can we have more joy given to us? Can we be more glad in the Lord? Praise the Lord.